Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. How many want that? I need that. How about you? Raise your hand if you just say, I'm, I, I got to have that. This is my salvation. It's my salvation for my mind. Praise God. I want to go to the word of the Lord today, and I apologize to the media staff that's, that Sister Gill was bragging on. I, I've thrown you a whole book. We're going to preach a whole book today. Amen. I hope your beans don't burn. But we're going to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Chapter 1 and verse number 1. I want to just again say how great it is to have everybody watching online today. Thank you for being with us. And we appreciate you being a part of the MPC worship experience. And uh, to those in the house today, God bless you. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse number 1 through verse 4. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou shalt not hear? Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou shalt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoil and violence are before me, and there are that riseth up strife and contention therefore thy law is slacked and judgment doth never go forth for the wicked doth compass about the righteous therefore wrong judgment proceedeth I want to talk to you today on this thought hold on let go my inspiration is scripture but my title comes from the gambler you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to stay, when to walk away. Somebody say, that's what living by faith is all about. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for this service. Thank you for these people, God, that have gathered. Lord, we give you the glory in this house. Now bless, Lord, the word to our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. Be seated. Praise the Lord. Let me just lay a context of what this book is about so you'll know where we are in history and where we are in context of Scripture. Habakkuk is just three short chapters. Three short chapters you will find that it's situated in what is known as the 12 minor prophets. Not minor in content, but rather in uh, uh, the, the length 
of these books. Habakkuk is an interesting word. I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, so if I don't pronounce it the way that you're used to, please just hold on and let's go forward. Amen. Habakkuk is an interesting book. It, it, it has a little different context with which we look at it, but Habakkuk was historically positioned with the prophet Zechariah and Jeremiah. He was prophesying from Judah as God was about to send the, the Assyrians to come and overtake them as his hand of correction. The name Habakkuk means strong embrace, strong embrace. We would call him, if we gave him a nickname today, we would call him Hab the Bulldog. Hab the Bulldog. Amen. Mr. Barnes writes in his commentary that the word Habakkuk in its intensive form is used both of God's unfolding the soul with his tender supporting love and embrace and of man clinging and holding fast to divine wisdom. It is an essence of knowing when to hold something and when to let go of something. When to embrace something and when to let go of it. Jerome, the 5th century author, called Habakkuk the embracer. The embracer. Habakkuk tends to hold on to things. He's tenacious, determined, set in his ways. Am I preaching to anybody in the house today that can identify with the embracer? One commentator said that the burden of Habakkuk, when it, you read the very first of this book, you will find the burden of Habakkuk is, is a very strong statement because the word burden is never placed in the title except the vision is heavy and full of toil. The Bible begins the, the book of Nahum with the burden of Nahum. Here is the burden of Habakkuk that the Lord gives to him. The subject matter of these three short chapters is Deep and yet desperate. God's word, I'm so glad, does not shy away from difficult titles and subject. The Bible doesn't paint a lopsided view of pain and suffering. It addresses it directly. Suffering is found in genera from Genesis to Revelation. And the burden of Habakkuk, the theme of this book, tackles the subject of injustice, pain, suffering and when God doesn't make sense. Old Habakkuk the bulldog opens the burden with a complaint. He comes to the Lord and the first thing is not hallelujah, thank you God, we worship you, lift you up, exalt you, and, 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 but it's rather, how long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? How long will this pain last? How long will I have to endure this injustice? How long will I have to deal with this unyielding suffering? How long will I pray and it seems like you don't answer? How long will I cry out and you are far away? How long will I hurt and heaven seems like it is shut up with brass? That the healing of heaven is now 
not in operation. How long will this burden and this dilemma be a part of my life? How long will I see iniquity, pain, and suffering, and grief? And I cry to you, and you do not answer. When will this injustice end? Amen. How long? Anybody been there where you have cried to the Lord, and it seemed like he didn't hear you? How long have you said, Lord, this pain, this violence, this terror, this murder, this this abuse has overcome me and where are you to rescue me? Where are you to rescue me? Praise the Lord. Lord, you can put a stop to this. How many have said that this year? Lord, if you wanted to, you can put a stop to this. Can you give me just a little bit more volume? Just a little bit. Up. I want everybody to hear me here today because I want you to say amen and hear me. But how long have we looked at situations in our life and we said, Lord, I prayed about this and you didn't answer. Lord, I went through this and you didn't help me. Lord, I suffered this and you weren't there. What is going on? This is the way Habakkuk opens up his chapter. Lord, how long, how long will I cry? How long will I yell? Why, Lord, do you sit idly by while all this is happening to me? Where were you, Lord, when my brother died in the hospital? Oh, God, and I was not there. Where were you, Lord? when my family member abused me emotionally, sexually, and mentally. Lord, where were you? Where were you when my marriage fell apart, God? Where were you when my spouse died, yea, long before his time or her time? Lord, where were you when I lost everything and I had to file bankruptcy? Where were you, Lord, when my life didn't turn out like I wanted to? to? Where were you, Lord, when, I, when, when a child, a, a, a child of mine, died. Where were you Lord? Why didn't you step in? You could have saved them God. You could have healed them God. You could have changed the diagnosis. Lord, you, you, I heard the doctor say cancer. Cancer and my, my life is shaken oh God. Where were you Lord? This is not fair God. Can I get real with you for a moment here today? This is not fair God. The violence is not fair God. My pain is not God, I gone through all this, Lord Jesus. Where were you? Habakkuk, he said, I'm surrounded. The righteous is surrounded by wickedness. Where are you, Lord? Justice is not going forth, Lord. Where are you, Lord? We're living in a world today, and even some Christian mindsets have this idea. We have become drunk on the notion that life is meant to be some glorified utopia where everything in our fantasy comes true, and life is always fair, and everything goes according to plan. Amen. Church, is it possible that while we have joked about snowflakes in colleges and, and all these folks around that we have bubble wrapped our faith and we've said our faith really is only good because I expect it to be like I want it and I expect the turnout to be like I wanted it and I expect my life to go like I wanted it. That's the way I'll have faith. I come to tell you life is not a destination. It's a journey. Hallelujah. We rarely know how things are going to turn out. We rarely, you can plan and plan, and it's great to have a plan. 
and we rarely know how things are going to turn out. I submit to you that it is natural to assume that since I'm a beloved child of God and since he works all things to my good, it is natural to, to assume that since God is good, that everything in my life will be good. All my life is going to be just a great, wonderful faith walk. But Habakkuk dares to go before the Lord and offer his complaint to God when he sees God's people brutally suffering at the hands of a pagan nation. And he says, God, where's the justice in that? Where's the justice in that? Amen. It seems as justice has become a joke. I want to tell you, I thank God for Habakkuk. I thank God for Habakkuk. Most of the time and most of the other prophets and the prophetic books take a different approach in what God is saying. And they are prophets speaking for God to his people. Most prophets declare God's words of judgment and salvation confrontation and comfort most prophets are all up in your face declaring thus saith the word of the Lord but not Habakkuk Habakkuk is a little different amen where that most of them are declaring God's word to God's people Habakkuk comes with God's people declaring the people's word to God where are you God What's going on, God? Sometimes this just don't make sense, God. Is, 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 is God always make sense to you? Have you got your life all figured out and planned out? And I know you got a good life. We all have been blessed. But there are things in life that can throw us a monkey wrench. Amen. And sometimes God seems absent. Sometimes God seems to be unfair. Why am I going through this? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my family? Why, why, why? Habakkuk the embracer walks straight to the throne of God and dares to lay his complaint before the Lord. And the Lord does not rebuke him for that. The Lord does not tell him, oh, well, you need to just be quiet. He doesn't do that. Amen. But God begins to answer Habakkuk's complaint. The embracer, Habakkuk, held on to his hurt. He was real with God. He was real with God. Like Job when he said, although affliction cometh not forth of the dust, neither the trouble spring out of the ground, yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. I'm not just coming to sing you a sad song today and try to preach a sad message to you. I want to be real with you. If you want to get real, read Lamentations. Read Ecclesiastes. Read the weeping prophet. Read these expressions of confusion from Job and Psalms and, and these places where people People in their pain are saying, God, I don't get it. God, I don't understand it. I prayed and it didn't happen. I went through this and you didn't stop it, God. I went through this divorce and you weren't there, God. I went through this sickness and you weren't there, God. I went through this death. Where were you? Even Jesus prayed on the cross and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Real, real. So how does God answer the complaint? He answers, you know, 
Habakkuk has two different complaints in this book. If you want to get and read it all, you can understand it. But here's the way God answered. He says, Behold, verse 5, Habakkuk 1 and 5, Behold among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe though it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nations, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling place that are not theirs. They're terrible and dreadful. I'm bringing them. I'm bringing them. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses are also swifter than the leopards and, and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And, and he gets into depiction and picturing this horribleness uh, that the horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from afar. They shall fly as eagle that hasten to eat. They shall come all for violence. God said, I'm sending them. I'm going to let my people go through this. And that's what the prophet is seeing. He's seeing the vision and the coming calamity and he said God I'm praying where are you how long what's going to be the end of this he says if you look at verse 11 then shall his mind change and he shall pass over offend and offend imputing this his power unto his God it seems like the heathen are raging amen Habakkuk offers that first question and God gives him the answer Habakkuk is real with God he's offering his heart to God his questions and complaint amen there's nothing wrong again with bringing your your heart to God but here's what we must be doing. What did Habakkuk say? He said in chapter 2 and verse 1, I will stand upon my watch and sit upon the tower and will watch and see what he says unto me. And I shall answer when I am reproved. He didn't just ask the question and backslide. He didn't just ask the question and walk away. No, but he said, I'll wait for an answer. I'll ask my question, but I'm not leaving i'm setting myself on the wall i don't understand why i went through this i don't understand why it happened to me i don't understand why god is acting like this but here's what i'm going to do i'm gonna find me a place amen where god said he'd meet with me and i'm gonna plop myself down here and i'll wait on the lord i don't understand i don't have it figured out but i will wait on what he has to say Lord, I don't know why. Just a few years ago, everything's going good. My life was in perfect array. And you told me to do something and I obeyed you. Now everything's going crazy. I'll just wait. That's the hard part, y'all. Just wait. This was God's answer, definitive answer to a man waiting on his wall, waiting on the Lord, waiting. What was the answer? Look at Habakkuk 2, 2 and verse 2. Lord, I'm waiting. Here I am. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision or the burden Make it plain upon tables 
that he may run that reading of it. Make it clear what I'm trying to show you. Then he says, for the vision, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. I know where I'm going. I'm holding on, trying to be very, very cautious in this. The vision is for an appointed time, but at the end, somebody say at the end, at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So here is Habakkuk waiting on his wall, sitting there waiting, and God comes with an answer. The Bible said the Lord answered him and said, I'm going to give you a vision. But it, you're not going to get the answer of the vision because it's going to tarry. It's going to wait for an appointed time. So he asked God a question. He gives God his complaint, and God says, you'll get the answer later. How many parents have told their children, I'll tell you later. We're right, right now in Walmart, I can't tell you. I can't explain it to you in Walmart, but I'll tell you later. I'll, I'll supply that to you later. So here's what God does to give us his answer. He says, I'll tell you later. There are some things, dear one, you and I will take to our grave and never understand. But there is an end coming where he's going to reveal himself. And he's going to reveal his purpose. And he's going to reveal his character. And he's going to answer every question that you have. For he said, I will wipe away all tears. There will be no sorrow and grief. I may not get an, I may not get an answer right now. It may not be on this side of the grave or the rapture. But one thing I want you to know, he wants us to trust him. I've got your answer. Amen. You may go to your grave without knowing, but I will be there to answer. Wait for it. Wait for it. But in the meantime, somebody say in the meantime, you got to know what to hold on to and what to let go. For he says, the just shall live by faith. Somebody say that with me. The just shall live by faith. The Hebrew renders this, as I understand, a little bit different. And it reads like this. The just shall live by the faithfulness of God. The just shall live by the faithfulness of God. Amen. Though Judah was going through the ravages of Assyria, the just shall live by the faithfulness of God. Though your world is turned upside down, the just shall live by the faithfulness of God. Though you have been through abuse, you have been through divorce, you have been through death, you have been through faith, the just shall live by the faithfulness of God. Amen. What's the bottom line? Is there are some things that you need to embrace and there are some things you need to let go of. I don't understand all the hurt, the pain, the suffering, but I know one thing I do understand. God is faithful. God is faithful. I will embrace the faithfulness of God. 
when Sister Gill was facing a dire diagnosis of cancer. And the doctors were not giving much hope. The Lord began to speak to her in prayer and gave her one word. We didn't know there was going to be a miracle at that point. We prayed. Didn't know what was going to happen. We prayed. And the Lord gave her one, one word. Trust me. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you trust me? If I had testimony service today of folks that have been through things in their life that has been so horrible from dramatic abuse to hurt and pain and suffering to sicknesses they've told nobody about that they're dealing with to situations that they've never had to do anything but just hold it within and they've questioned like Habakkuk, Lord, how long? How long am I going to go through this? How long am I going to deal with this? You may take it. Hear me. You may take it to your grave you may take it to the end of your life but know this you can trust God he never promised you a rose garden he never promised you a milky way he promised I'll never leave you or forsake you I wish you'd hear me this morning it matters not what you're going through he said I'll help you through it will you trust me will you trust me will you believe me even in your complaint. Even in your complaint. Will you trust me? I want to talk to you about some things you need to let go. First of all, I'm going to talk to some people right now that you need to ask God to forgive you. forgive you for being to the point where you, you embrace doubt and you embraced fear rather than trust and faith. God, forgive me. Be quick. Be quick to ask for his mercy. Your mind starts wandering. Be quick to fall on his grace. Lest bitterness set in. I've watched people People that I've pastored over the years, I've watched them as bitterness begins to set in. And then all of a sudden, they go to the next level and they begin to condemn themselves and condemn themselves and condemn themselves and condemn themselves. And so the next thing they got to learn to do, and that is forgive yourself. I'm not talking some kind of psychological mumbo jumbo. But what happens is that when we cannot forgive ourselves, we are saying we're better than God. Let that sink in for a minute. When we say, I can't, I can't let myself go. I know what I did. I know where I've been. I know what has happened to me. I, 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 I. You've got to, first of all, let God forgive you. Let God forgive you and then forgive yourself. What is forgiving yourself? Let it go. Release that. Embrace God's forgiveness. Embrace God's forgiveness and his mercy. And then say, God, I am not going to hold it against myself because I doubted or because I went through this or because I had this or because I didn't understand or I got bitter. Let God forgive you. Somebody say, he will. he will. 
if we confess our sin and forsake our sin, he said that he would forgive us of all sin. Forgive us. And then forgive yourself. Forgiving yourself says, I'm not better than you, God. Pride says, I can't forgive myself. But humility says, I will let it go. I made those decisions. I made those mistakes. And they were horrible and awful. But I'll let it go. The third thing I want to tell you that you've got to know when you need to let go of. And this may sound strange to you. But I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. Forgive God. Say it again. Forgive God. Now, God is perfect. He never makes a mistake. He never does anything wrong. But what we do when we say for forgive God is that we are releasing the bitterness and resentment because we blame God. We blame God. God did this and God allowed this and God did this and, and we blame him for that. Oh, it's getting, it's getting thick in here right now. It's getting thick in here right now. But I want to talk to you is that if you want God's forgiveness, take it. Forgive yourself, but also let go of the bitterness of that marriage that didn't work out of that situation that didn't happen amen or somebody that that died or something that went that happened to you something that it was horrible and it seemed unlike god you didn't step in and so bitterness and resentment comes in and then we put up a wall and we cannot believe god freely amen here's how you let go of it you say god forgive me and i forgive myself and god i release you of any responsibility because you know what's going on Somebody say amen. amen. After God had told him that the just shall live by faith to trust him, Mr. Embracer Habakkuk started praying. Whew. There's a word there for somebody. He started praying. Chapter 3 opens up in verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon Siganoth. Anybody remember the message I preached on Siganoth? Praise God. I'm going to preach it again because it was pretty good. <laughs> oh Lord, I've heard thy speech and was afraid. Oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember mercy. Just before he's complaining. Where are you, Lord? How long? And now he says, in the midst of years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. Then he begins in verse 3 by saying, God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. The glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was the light and he had horns coming out of his hand and, and there, was, there was the hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence and burning coals went forth at his feet and he stood and measured the earth and behold and drove asunder the nations and the everlasting mountains were scattered and the perpetual hills did bow he was his ways are everlasting his ways are everlasting his ways are everlasting he goes from complaining to begin saying i serve a bad god and i don't mean bad in a bad way i mean bad in a good way I serve an awesome God. I serve a God that knows what he's doing, knows how to take care of things. Somebody say amen. He went forth, verse 13. He went forth 
for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thy anointed. Thou wanderest the head of the house, or woundest rather the head of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation upon the neck sealer. Thou didst strike through with staves in the head of his village. They come out of, uh, come out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thy horses, uh, through the, the heap of great waters. When I heard, my belly trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble that I might rest in the day of trouble when he cometh up unto the people he will invade them with his troops what is he saying God you're awesome God you move in ways I don't get God you move in ways I don't understand God you do things that I don't understand that is too far for me that is too far for me sit down with sister Reinhardt and she will tell you that she went to prison unjustly because of some correct of her child she went to prison unjustly and it was horrible for her to do that but out of that was birth a prison ministry where over 500 have been filled with the Holy Ghost ladies that have been touched by God don't you try to figure out what God is doing just say the just shall live by his faithfulness your story isn't written so don't you put a period where he's not put a period. Don't you write a paragraph where he hasn't written it. Your story is not over. So the same guy, Mr. Real Talk, Mr. Embracer, begins his book with a complaint, with a question. But what does he end it with? Come on, y'all should have called it. They put it right up there. They know where I'm going. They put it right up there. Put it up again. Hallelujah. Put it up again. Verse 17. There it is. Look, verse 17. Jump, jump down. There. Read it with me. Although the fig tree shall not blossom. Stop. They were dependent upon the blossoming of the fig tree to live. You see, they didn't live by Walmart. They live by plant, sow, water, farm, work, pull weeds. Amen. He says, if the fruit tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Stop. Here's what he's saying. I had a complaint, but I realized my God is in control, and he's going to give me an answer, and it may not even be in my lifetime, but I trust him I trust him I'm going to pray for healing and believe in healing but I trust him but I trust him I'm going to pray that he will be my answer and my my immediate res rescuer but I'm going to trust him I'm going to trust him as a matter of fact I'm turning my complaint into a shout 
I'm turning my complaint into a testimony. I'm turning my complaint into a rejoicing, into faith. I know my God is going to be with me. Verse 18, for he says, yet, yet, yet. Come on, Mr. Doubter and complainer. Your testimony is about to change. When you get the revelation is God is still a good God. God has got everything under control. Amen. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Let me talk to you today that have messed up. Your life is in shambles and you have messed up and you have gone by the way of the world. There is still a God that says, I'm your rescuer. Quit putting off the reason for repentance. Quit putting off the reason for repentance and turn around to God and run to him today because he's a faithful God. I had rather live with that kind of God and there be no ox in the stall. Without that kind of God. Because my God drops ravens down to feed his prophets. My God drops manna down to feed his people. And if not, I'll die of hunger. I'm going to heaven anyway. three places that statement is used in the New Testament. Paul said I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek for herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith the just shall live by faith. Can you imagine the Lord coming to Abraham it's already Lost him some teeth. An angel of the Lord said to him, Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a baby. Say what? Say what? You got to be crazy. Say what? No, that's what we would say. But Abraham believed God. Paul picked it up in Romans chapter 4 and says in verse 12, he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. <laughs> but he trusted the Lord even though it was not possible for him and his wife to have children, yet he believed God. And the Bible says it was accounted unto him for righteousness. I want to tell you, the just shall live by faith. It is your faith that keeps you in the presence of God. It is impossible to come to God without faith for by faith we please him and the Lord will reward them that diligently seek him we get caught up in Habakkuk's complaint that is about God pleasing us God working our life out like some kind of Norman Walkwell painting And we get mad at God when it doesn't happen. But there are those like Enoch who had this testimony that he, come on Bible scholars, say it out. He had this testimony that he, 
when COVID is over and done, when your trial is over and done, when your situation is over and done, whether it be by the grave or whether it be by something changing, will it be said that you have this testimony in COVID-19? You please God. You have this testimony dealing with your issue. You please God. Amen. It's not about God pleasing me. I got a feeling, Brother Austin, if I please God, he's going to take care of me. Stand with me, please. You got to know when to be an embracer and when to be a letting go. You got to know when to just hold on to the faith of God. One dear sister in North Carolina testified one time said, I've learned that when the rope begins to break that I'm holding on to, I'm reaching past the break and holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me. God Though it hurt, as Job said, though he slay me, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You know what I've seen? I've seen people that got, get resentful because of something they went through, uh, something that they expected, a word of God that somebody prophetically give them that didn't come to pass. And all of a sudden, resentment happens and, and bitterness happens. And, and then, then it's like, I don't trust God anymore. I'm not going to believe God anymore. Only to miss out on the fact that he said, my glory will be shown in this. I just want you to go sit on the wall. Wait on me. Trust me. Wait on me. Trust me. Wait on me. And then I'm going to answer you. And it's going to be at the end. How many have been praying and God says, here's my answer, and you still don't understand it? Still don't understand. So just keep on holding on. Keep believing today. Heavenly Father, I come to you at this moment. Lord, I believe that you put this word in my spirit for some people today. Some people, God, that have dealt with hurts and pains, abuse failures, wrongs, offenses. Oh God, that has come into them. People that have mistreated them. Preachers that have mistreated them. God, saints that has mistreated them. Family members that have abused them. Oh God, and they've dealt with it, God. And they've come to you with the complaint. Help them to see, dear God, the answer that you have is that the just shall live by faith so that they can stand in the face of uncertainty and say, no matter what, no matter what, I'm holding on to God. I'm holding on to faith. I'm letting go of my bitterness. I'm letting go of my pain. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about 
our ministry.